hello everyone. Thank you for joining us for another uh, Genuine Men's Chat Zoom Live uh, as we usually do on a weekly basis now. Um, we are so excited and um, blessed to have uh, a guest speaker, um, Godwin Matumbe. Um, and I hope he can correct my, my pronunciation thereafter. Um, but um, today's topic is a really special one. Uh, given the circumstances with the uh, corona COVID-19 um, outbreak and the implications thereafter, um, money has been uh, and finances have been a really major uh, topic on many people's mind. So that's the topic for today. Um, let me give you a, just a quick overview of, of what the Genuine Men's Chat movement is all about. So the Genuine Men's Chat is a, is a movement consistent of a show, a podcast, workshops, and now weekly Zoom Lives that express the often unheard, honest views of men from various backgrounds, cultures, religions, faiths, and life experiences. It's also a rare opportunity for men to have a platform to express their views, their thoughts, their perspectives, and obstacles in life with other men on topics that impact them, their families, their communities, and society as a whole. It's an unfiltered and unadulterated look at what life is like from a man's perspective. And I'm your host, I'm Reham, and I'm also a men's transformational relationship and personal and professional life coach. Welcome. So I'd like to introduce uh, Godwin and one of our genuine men who's also um, on the call, Alan, welcome. Hello. Thank hello. you, Reham. Oh, my pleasure. Glad to be here. Glad to have you both um, as our, our guests today. Um, let me um, introduce you, uh, Godwin. Um, you said beautifully that you are a son of an activist and a chemist. You were raised in Uganda and ever since living in Scotland um, in uh, 2008, uh, you've been married to Tina, who's a fintech entrepreneur and um, you are also an accountant by profession and work in the financial uh, sector um, and are a businessman as well with two lovely children. So welcome to our family, our genuine men's Thank family. You. Thank you very much for having me. And um, I'm gonna leave it to you to talk about um, money and finances and um, I'm really excited to hear what you have to present to us today okay awesome well um first of all thanks so much for having me i really appreciate um it's, it's an honor to to be here and i guess more importantly to make a contribution to um our way of life to our communities to to the future because this is the this is the new future i guess um the way we live and the way um, we do things, it's beginning to change and it's looking like what we're doing now and it's good to have an impact on that. But, you know, just to add a little bit of um, context to um, my background as you've given it. Um, so I've, um, I, I, I qualified as an accountant many, many, many years ago, a, a professional accountant and um, I've also had the opportunity to work for at least the last 20 years in financial services. So even when I was in Uganda, I worked um, in a bank and I worked in very many different um, 
roles and capacities, you know, right from paying suppliers to um, preparing management accounts and all the way to relationship management, lending money um, on behalf of the bank, not, not myself, um, and, uh, you know, taking customer deposits. Um, and then I also doubled a little bit in um, risk analysis and reporting. So I've kind of done a whole breadth of that sort of thing. And then when I came here to the UK, um, again, I was fortunate enough to work in, in banking and um, my role is mainly around reporting. It has changed throughout the years, but it's, the background is reporting and it, it, it features around management reporting, regulatory reporting, so reporting for um, um, regulators just to show that the bank is doing what it's meant to be doing, you know, in the right way. But I guess beyond that, I've also had the opportunity um, to get used to um, money and handling it and having a profile around it um, and a persona. So in, in Africa, we tend to have predominantly cash economies. And you know, if you have cash, you're king, you can do all sorts of things. But then when I came abroad, I had to go through the whole journey of learning how to deal with money that you don't physically have in your hands, which is this whole credit system. And I've kind of grown um, or gone different steps on the ladder, right? The way from, you know, a basic using a debit card to transact all the way to um, getting a credit card and managing that. Um, utilizing mortgage products and other complex products that are in financial services. So I kind of feel um, that I'm able to talk comfortably about money, how to handle it, how to deal with it, how to make it um, your friend rather than, you know, your master, I guess. So that's, I, I wanted to just touch on that just so that, um, uh, it gives a little bit of uh, background as to why um, I can talk comfortably about what we're going to be talking about today. Beautifully presented. Thank you so much, Godwin. Um, that gives us a breath of your uh, expansive experience in the financial sector and how you are so um, keenly um, situated as a, what I would consider an expert in finance and money advice for our audience today. So thank sure. you for joining us. Sure. Um, I'm, I'm eager to, to get us started on um, getting our, our audience to really look at what are our thoughts or beliefs about money? What are our emotions and feelings around money? And what are, what are we doing or what are our actions around the use of money so that we can really understand this money mindset? Um, and, 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 and make it our friend, as you were saying, instead of our master. So take it away. Yeah, well, I, I guess the first thing to, to kind of appreciate is that everything that we are um, is a result of our upbringing, you know, and many times we don't really have a say in that, okay? So you get up, you're brought up in this, it may be your home or someone raised you, but you kind of tend to believe that everything that they tell you is what it should be, 
Um, and in a way, that's their history as well. They were also told that or exposed to that. So right off the bat, we come into this world and then we have this um, kind of aura or persona that money gets almost lumped onto us. And many times it's okay if it's just you dealing with the money um, for a time, but things change when your circumstances change. So maybe you start to hang out with other people and there's some financial transactions that need to occur, or maybe you go into a relationship and you know, these are now two different people coming together with two different mindsets about money. And so that that's always something that's difficult for people to navigate. And if you think about it, if you don't um, have the right equipment, let's just use an analogy, I hope it's the right one, but imagine if you needed to cross the ocean, if you go out there with a flipboard or maybe a paddleboard, you're probably gonna struggle. But if someone has, you know, even a sailing boat, they'll do slightly better, okay? So I think, and what I mean by that to bring it back to the conversation is, you need to appreciate that what you know about money or what you believe about it, much as it's right or maybe it may be right to you, it may not be all there is to know about it. So you kind of have to have an open mind uh, as a starting point. Um, and I'll, I'll kind of give you an, I'll use a personal story maybe to bring that alive because like I said, when I was growing up, I didn't have, um, actually I was a bit shielded from money by my parents and I don't know why they did it. I never asked them, but we didn't really ever have to deal with money back home, the kids we just, you know, you, all you had to do was ask for something and maybe get it or not get it. And that's all we knew about money. Um, and whatever we learned about physically was in classroom where they teach you about denominations and all that stuff. And then I left, went off to university. I was always prudent um, anyway, because when I was leaving home to go to boarding school, my parents told me, you know, we, we don't really have that much time to come hang out with you. You're in school, it's boarding school, you're meant to be studying. We'll come and see you on the visiting days. But apart from that, you gotta make it happen. So I had to learn how to, you know, create a budget, stretch all my things till the next visitation. And I always was able to do that. Um, and then, you know, to cut a long story short, I, I met my wife. And you know, we said going out, and then she's from a business background. Back home, her parents were business people. She was so comfortable handling money, dealing with it, you know, even imagining it in significantly larger sums than I could ever even fathom. And so I very quickly had to um, realize that first of all, she was my ally, not um my enemy when it came to money after all we're in a relationship and then i realized that she knew some things about money that i didn't know and because i was quite interested in the topic i thought okay you know what i'm gonna create a situation where i'm a guinea pig and i'll learn from this lady and maybe over the 
course of our lifetime, I'll get better at dealing with money. So that's kind of what I mean about having an open mind. You have to be open to um, learning from people that know something that you don't know. Um, and that's been very, very helpful for me over the years. Um, suddenly with money, but even if you think about it, all other areas of my life, that's the approach I've taken. Um, so I want to pause there for a second and maybe because I know that um, I don't want to rumble on. Um, I'll leave it there for a second and you know get you to maybe respond to that or tell me your thoughts as well about that, Rayham. Oh, I'll, well. I'll reassure you, you're not rambling. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's yeah. good. Thanks. You're not rambling. No, no. And it's beautiful to hear, you know, your story with, with um, your wife and, and how amazing your open-mindedness was with, with Tina um, around money. Because the fact that you were willing to to have an open mind, like you're saying, a beginner's mindset to money. And um, we talk about muscles, emotional muscles um, yeah. with our genuine men. And, and one of those muscles is humility. Yeah. So the fact that we can learn from anyone, regardless of age, background, race, gender, whatever, yeah. is a beautiful life skill. And that's something that um, I know we try to to implement in you know children as well as adults so commend you for that absolutely yeah yeah um do you want to share um before we move on um do you want to share a little bit about um what it was like uh for those of our our audience members who are just about to start a business or just thinking of setting up a budget what was it like for you in your in your head in your you know in your experience um with overcoming you know any money mindsets that you might have come with and then what was it like creating a budget and stretching your expenses and really understanding the value of, yeah. of money as a means yeah yeah that's, a, that's such a, a very good question um i'm gonna backtrack a bit and then i'll come i'll bring it to the question um, one of the things that I really wanted to um, say is that for people of my, you know, community, not even generation, my community, we tend to struggle. And I speak for my community because I don't know very well about um, other communities. Uh, and uh, this is not something we've spoken about, but sometimes you kind of more inward looking than outward looking. And I know for sure that people of my community, we tend to struggle a lot with, um, first of all, acknowledging that other people know better than us. And it's even more difficult for us to acknowledge that if those people are women, you know, or they're younger than us. And because of just those two barriers, you find that our society is held back so, so much because people are not willing to tap into the resources that they have. Um, so that's something that I really wanted to say now because by just unlocking your mind around that, those two areas, you know, you can really flick the switch from living in darkness to actually seeing where you're going and being very clear about it. Now, 
having said all that, I mean, I've always had that type of approach because um, it so happened that much as I was the eldest at home, I was the youngest around my classmates. I went to school quite early. And so as a result, I was also the smallest. So many times I had to learn from others. I had to be able to get help from others just because I couldn't um, figure it out by myself. So over time, um, I realized from an early age that it was okay to be able to get help, one. And two, people were willing to help me if I was able to ask for the help, okay? So having said all that, um, one of the things that um, I said earlier was that my parents did not really involve me in financial issues at home. I was kind of well catered for everything I needed that was within reason and reach I got. And so I didn't really know anything about how to deal with money leaving home. My wife knew how to deal with it from the perspective of applying it and using it, maybe to some extent making it, but in a situation of, I wouldn't say um, abundance, but availability, right? When the money was there, it was able to be utilized. Now, when we moved here, bear in mind, uh, I moved here beginning of 2008, been doing really well in Uganda, or, you know, but we thought we want to experience the world. So hey ho, didn't even think about the weather, just <laughs> hopped onto a plane and came to Scotland, which was fine for the first few months. And then the financial crisis started to pinch really, really hard, um, you know, as a result of the situation. I was working in financial services as a result of whatever was going on in financial services. You know, I found myself out of work very, very quickly. Yes, we'd had some money that we'd been saving and um, that was able to keep us going, but only barely. And then to make matters a little bit more interesting, my wife was pregnant and we we're expecting our daughter. So when you bring all that together, yeah, not very rosy. But over time, you know, we, we thought we kind of sort of um, managed along the way okay until, you know, the baby came and my wife wasn't able to work anymore and the savings had run out. So, hey, we were forced to, um, to make this budget, okay? And we had to do some really, now looking back, um, I can smile about them, but going through them, it was not easy. I mean, a very very difficult situation to, 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 to go through is if you imagine yourself in a, in a store, you've gone to buy stuff, you fill up your trolley, you get to the till, they ring the till and you don't have the money for them and you have to take stuff out the trolley and put it back, you know, right down to the bare basics. So we got to a point where if it wasn't for the baby, it wasn't a priority, you know, that kind of, you know. Um, but the good thing about um, such situations, even if you're forced into it, once you're in it, you have to decide, you know, to the only way is up because that was like a bottom 
you know and until you get to our bottom you're always going to be skirting around the issue but once you get to bottom and there is nowhere else to go lower than that then you're like okay fine i know where i am um the only way up the only way out of here is up um i'm not going to fly because i don't have wings so i have to take it step by step okay um now the good thing about living abroad or maybe in this era let me extend this to um um other economies the good thing about this era is the internet anything that you need you can find on the internet if you're not bold enough to ask someone else so all we did was just very easily budgeting on google and you get all sorts of things there's audios there is um write-ups and whatever but at least that gave us access to sort of take those first baby steps you kind of because i have a financial background i understand the whole thing about income and expenses but for people who don't who are not comfortable with that there's resources there that also show you in very basic language um you know income is what you're earning expenses what you're spending you kind of need to have more than what you're spending if you're not earning then you need to figure out how to one and to stretch what you're earning cut back on expenses that sort of thing so you can learn all those things online um and then the the, the other thing i spoke about earlier is just the whole thing about utilizing the resources if you're in a relationship you know bear in mind remember not bear in mind remember that you're on the same side so if your wife or husband well, this is a men's thing so if your wife is trying to have a conversation with you about um money or finances or resources you know don't get upset don't look at her as the enemy kind of open up and say listen i i really don't know what we're going to do but what do you think um what can we do how how can we get help and that way two heads are better than one you come up with a, a solution and the first solution may not work you also need to be willing to go again if the first one doesn't work because guess what i told you the example about where we had to take things out of the trolley you know that could only work for a while uh and then i had to kind of think okay uh, i'm not working i've tried job applications and in this field that i feel i can make the best use of my time energy and resources but there's nothing coming out of there so i need to open widen my net so i started to think about other things out with what i thought i knew i had to open myself up to learn new skills that i didn't um know so you know again this is typical of african people we don't tend to know how to do things for ourselves we we get help you know if you need to fix a table you're not going to try you just go and look for someone who a carpenter and just because that's the way of life that we we, we have now some people in africa don't do that don't get me wrong they they are able to fix their own things but that was my background and i was i was forced to learn how to pick up things to learn how to do things for myself um to open up my 
net to consider other things that maybe if the, it was up to me, I wouldn't have picked as an income generator. And you know that got me through, you know, those first rounds of getting off the bottom of, of you know where we were. Okay. Um, now, that's kind of the basic level. But as you know, with life, you always want to improve. You always want to go somewhere better than where you are. Um, so the, the the budget was really good because it it forced us to first of all getting to bottom forced us to appreciate where we were utilizing simple skills like budgeting helped us to make the equation balance or at least come out better on the income side than on the expenses um the other thing that we then had to do was okay how are we going to get around this situation of just staying close to the bottom. We, we need to figure out a way to rise up. And this is where, you know, I can't say this often enough, but just utilizing the resources around you is um, mind boggling what it can do for you. So, like I said, my wife, she has this whole business background and um, you know, once we had stabilized our situation, we'd been looking online and seeing how things were. She's like, you know, one thing that I've actually seen a lot of online seems to suggest that people who are homeowners um, spend less household income than people who are renting. And that's because they pay less for their mortgage than they would pay in rent. Okay, now that's kind of a whole different mindset there because for someone to, to almost imagine that they can own a home when they don't even have, you know, 50 quid on a savings account was quite um, a challenge for me to think about. And initially I was like very hesitant to even think along those lines. But then, you know, once you go through one or two cycles of, yeah, we're okay, but we're not really where we want to go and we're not getting there anywhere sooner. Again, I had to open up my mind. I had to revisit that whole position of, okay, I don't have the answer for this. I need help. And I've got um, a suggestion here. The least I can do is look at it, consider it, shoot it down all I want, but use facts, not, and perceptions, okay, that's another thing there. A lot of times, like I said, we have people who have influenced us through their thinking and their words, and we almost take that as facts, but actually it's an opinion, it's not a fact. If you go out and find out. So she, so I, through her conversation, I challenged myself to go and get the facts, and I found that what she was saying was right. So then the question became, okay, you know very well that if you stay in this situation where you're renting, you're gonna spend a lot more than you could spend if you become a property owner. So then the question became, how do I become a property owner? You know, and then we went away. And one thing that has helped us a lot as a, as a family, and certainly as 
an individual who is trying to be better than I, I, I am every day is even though physically and mentally, I may not be ready to do something, I'm always open to hearing about it, to learning about it, to reading about it. So even though we're not ready to become property owners, we started to look at properties. We started to, you know, find out the whole process around buying property, um, becoming mortgage payers as opposed to rent payers, you know, how that worked, um, what sort of things you needed to have in place to demonstrate that you were able to pay the mortgage. Because, you know, when you go into a mortgage situation, you, you have to pay. You live in the house and your name is on the mortgage paperwork, but actually it's not until you finish paying the mortgage that it actually belongs to you. So, you know, we by the time we, we came to actually sign on the dotted line, you know, we already knew a lot more around this. And that was because we started the journey even before we were ready. And that's one thing I would encourage people to do the moment something strikes you, either you think about it or someone says it and you don't know enough about it, go out and find out the facts about it. You know, take the interest to even find, I'm, I've always, I've kind of now got the approach to say, I will spend a little bit of time just to find out one or two facts, even though I know I'm not gonna do anything with this now, let me just find out about it. A couple of facts, I don't need to know the whole encyclopedia about it but a couple of facts which I can, you know, stand by if someone came and asked me one or two things. Um, so we did that and that allowed us to be comfortable when the time came. You know, we, we even took the step of, so this is something that we like to do because we are all dreamers. And, you know, when you come out here, you almost get a chance to live out your dreams in a way um, because the difference between living here and living back home is a lot of people um, when they're gonna become property owners they'll buy their own land then they'll buy their own materials then they will build okay and that's just one unit but here you know properties there's that type of property as well but the majority of properties are built on a you know bulk basis by builders and they're quite keen for you to come and see what they've built, right? So what we did was every time we had a chance during the weekends, you know, we started to go and look at properties. Now, initially, um, we just wanted to see whether it was okay to do that. We were not even sure because when they say, oh, you know, you, 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 you're walking past a building site and they've got a number there and say, come see us. We're like, really? Is that really true? Can we do that? And so we, we kind of first tested the water with that. And then over time, we realized that, okay, so we know the budget we, we think we can afford, but it doesn't look like there's any sign on our forehead saying this is the budget. So therefore only look at these properties. So we stepped out a little bit, become um, a little bit of dreamers on some sort of something because we started to look at properties that we felt were outside our budget. You know, you kind of think maybe I can afford a hundred thousand pounds house. And then here we are looking at houses ranging from 
250 all the way to a million pounds. And you're thinking, why are you even doing that? You're wasting time. No, that's not wasting time. That's kind of, first of all, in your mind, it registers that you are ready to take that step. It's almost making something, um, the word for it, I think is visualization, but bring a visualization to life is when you step out there. But part of getting out there and looking at these things, you're having conversations with people and we started to learn some of the ways in which we could actually still be able to get those properties that we thought were outside our budget just by allowing ourselves to see them and think about them um and that has been a really amazing journey it has allowed us to um to change our situation when we bought our first property some of our friends just could not believe it they thought that um, we had gotten money from our parents and were not being very clear about that. Uh, they just could not believe that we'd saved up enough for a deposit, that we'd actually gone and gotten a mortgage. Just because none of us in our community at the time had done something that bold. Um, but what we then thought, okay, you know, let's get away from this belief, disbelief. The only way you can help someone over a barrier is by showing them the way. And that includes holding hands and you know encouraging them. So that's been something that we've taken on as a journey the last few years, because it's always good to progress and um, do all these nice things for yourself as an individual, as a family, but you cannot enjoy it alone. Um, that, that, I, I don't know anyone who enjoys being alone. Or, you know, even if you go to the top and there was no one who was there to cheer you on, it would be empty. So what we thought we'd do is, okay, we'll help uh, people to do different things. Now, what, what we try to do is a needs basis. So if someone came to me and they started to talk to me about some of the challenges they're facing, I've got friends who'll come and say, look, man, I don't know how I'm gonna go through this month um i'm struggling i've got some financial issues um my council tax is behind you know basic things right so the first thing i need to do is you know relate to them you know some of these challenges i'm able to understand because i've gone through them and so i can relate i understand i've been there the second thing i need to be able to do and what i try to do is to create hope for the future. And again, I've been there and I've come out of it. So therefore, if I did it and I could do it, um, you can do it as well. There's no difference between you and me and there's nothing special about me except um, the belief that I can do it and also the desire to do it, okay? Which I believe you have, maybe you just haven't tapped into it, okay? And then the third thing is just start from the basics. You know, okay, so you're struggling, you don't have enough. Let's first know, you know, what's coming in, what's going out. Let's start there. Because once you can see things written in front of you, then you can decide, okay, what's urgent, what's important, what's nice to have, what's a waste. And then once you can bucket those things up quickly, you change your situation and then you, 
you know, there's no joy beyond seeing someone's face light up once they can see a light at the end of the tunnel and they know that it's not an oncoming train. It's, you know, they're coming out of this deep, deep darkness uh, into a better situation. And then we just build on from there, you know, you know, I'll hold your hand, I'll work with you, I'll help you do your budgeting. Um, you know, you're not gonna believe this, but once th this happened to me many years in university, many years ago, I had this friend who was, he was a good man, but he just loved life too much. So every time he had money, he just thought of all the good things. He didn't think about his bills. He didn't think about his fees. And a couple of times I had a conversation with him. And one time he said to me, look, I, this is a big difficulty for me. I can't deal with this, especially when this money comes. And so I asked him, how do you think I can help? Because I'm, I would like to help. Uh, and he said, I'm gonna get in touch with my, my mom, who is my sponsor. I'm going to introduce you to her. I'm going to ask her to entrust you with my money, you know, so that every time I need something, I'm happy to come and have a conversation with you and justify, you know, because maybe you and I were the same, but I find dif difficulty having this kind of conversation with my mom, you know. So that's what I did. I, I almost, as a student, I was responsible for another student. So every time his money came, it came straight to me and then we'd sit down and work out the budget. And once we've agreed it, he said, okay, I'm happy with all this, but I, I don't feel strong enough to keep the money. You keep it. And when I need any, I'll come to you, you know, and you can deal with fees and all that sort of thing. Um, and so that's the kind of journey that, you know, I take people on all the way up to when now you, you find that someone is comfortable being with money, talking about it. Um, you know, spending it responsibly, um, that you then say, okay, let's start to look beyond today and tomorrow, you know, uh, how can we create a situation where maybe next year, two years down the road, you'll be in a better position, you have a little bit more money hanging about. Um, and, you know, that, that's, that's been my journey and I hope that I'll be doing a lot more of that. Um, going into the future, especially in the situation that we're in right now. Absolutely. Um, Godwin, your story um, and, and all of the stories um, that you've personally experienced um, and, and you and, and your family, Tina, um, and you together have really shed light on the story of so many other people currently in that situation now. Yeah. because of the coronavirus I mean learning how to budget again you yeah. know especially when you do it for work but sometimes taking it home and doing it for personal budgets um it, it, some people might not find it transferable as a skill yeah. and so recognizing that that is essential having the the value of family yeah. um to to motivate you or or find another motivator whatever that may be but recognize that we can create hope for ourselves yeah. Um, and to believe and to desire um, change yeah. or improvement or growth is something that is so powerful. That itself can also be a motivator is what I'm hearing from you mm -hmm. to 
look at the facts and not just the thoughts. Yeah. Look at the numbers because the numbers don't lie. Really use the numbers as you were saying to create um, an opportunity to get us out of this deep darkness that some people are very much in, especially having been furloughed or uh, found redundant or um, sorry, made redundant or fired completely or are without a job altogether. And, and the debts are in, in, increasing or potentially on pause for some people. But the reality of the situation is money is no longer a means right now. It's, yeah. it, we're not using it as a servant because of the circumstances. It becomes the serve, the, it becomes the master. So it's really interesting um, the intricacies of your story and your background and how it's so relatable for each yeah. and every one of us in so many different ways to see ourselves in that and to, to know that, you know, we can come out of this just like you have, we can also come out of it and, and be good for it. Uh, so this, this concept of creating a financial plan that you're yeah. talking about, um, we have just a few more minutes to talk about it. Could you, um, do you have any, like, points as to what you'd like uh, our audience to do for for this time till yeah. next week to actually put into action uh, a financial plan for themselves so that they can if they're you know out of work or they've got just a, a short amount of time before their expenses um you know um run out or i mean what how, i'll leave this with you <laughs> There's so much that can I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Now, um, I, I appreciate we have a short time, but the, the first thing that I want to say is um, the situation that we're in right now is slightly different. It's slightly more complex than the last one, which was 2008. But actually, yesterday I was on a call um, with some other business leaders and what one guy commented and said that this has actually been the longest time that we've gone without a, without a crisis of this nature. What they tend to do is happen maybe on a 10 year cycle, if you're lucky 15, 12 to 15. So why am I saying that? For sure, something like this or worse is gonna happen again, 10 years down the road, okay? We don't know what it is, but we know it will happen. That's a good thing to know, but what's even better to know is that um, we will always have those cycles of up and down, up and down. Uh, we cannot go down without going up. And likewise, we can't go up without going down. Otherwise, we just be on a plateau, which you don't want to be on. Anyway, that's a whole different conversation. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing is, we will definitely get out of this. There is no doubt about that. So everyone should have a hope and an expectation. Now, I don't wanna get religious or anything, but one of the books that I read says that the creator, whoever you believe him to be, has good plans for each and every one of us. And he has, one of his plans is to create a hope and a future for us. Another plan is to make sure that our expectations are not cut off. Now that's a guarantee. So everyone should have hope for the future and know that whatever they expect, whatever good things that they expect, they're gonna to come to pass. If they don't expect, 
they won't get anything. So they should start to expect, okay? So it's about people's expectations then. It's yeah. really using your brain yeah. and your heart and connecting them to really plan yeah. and believe in a plan, yeah. your plan, our plan, a higher plan, whatever the plan is, just yeah. to have that hope to yeah. grab onto. Um, absolutely, yes. And then building on that to, we've spoken about the numbers and how to, you know, how get back to the basics. Basically know where you are now. What do I have? What do I owe? What do I own long-term? What do I own on a regular basis? Um, how am I figuring out how to, how am I going to cover it? Okay. And then secondly, on, on top of knowing what you, where you are is create almost baby steps. Now, a good baby step in finances is 90 days, you know? It's a baby step, but it's also a massive step. But it gives you enough um, runway to see a little bit into the future. So 90 days is three months down the road. Just have a plan for the next three months, a financial plan you know, a plan to get out of debt, a plan to learn something new, you know, and this is really important. When, when we, our circumstances change, we're almost hit by shock and we, we are caught up in some sort of, my kids call it a brain freeze when they, when they eat a lot of ice, but we almost get that, okay? And you're frozen there, you know where you are, you know what's going on, but you don't know how to move out of it and you're not thinking about that. So a good way to get out of that is to get knowledgeable about other things, okay? The other thing we spoke about is looking forward. When you look forward down those 90 days, that gives you motivation to go and do something. If you know that down 90 days, I've got something I need to do or I'm planning that this will be covered off in 90 days, then you're kind of working towards that. You have a target, then you're open-minded, you're learning new skills. Um, a big thing that is, you know, I'm quite, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about now, I'm encouraging people to figure out, right now we're forced to work from home, but hey, what if you could choose to work from home? You know, that's a good opportunity. We've all been forced now to be home, but we all always talk about wanting more freedom in our lives, being able to work as and when we want, wherever. This is a good opportunity to figure out how to do that. Now, there's lots of materials about that. I'm sure one of these days we'll convert <coughs> different um, opportunities that are out there. But again, this comes down to what's out there. You know, instead of spending as much time on social media and the news, if you give yourself an hour or two every day just to learn something new, even if it's from a book, even if it's online, even if it's through a conversation, you know, you ask people around you, what are you doing to, to manage this situation? How are you getting out of this? Or oh, someone has come across, um, has thrown an opportunity at me. What do you think about it? I'm considering it, but I don't know all the things I should think about. Um, and you know, those are some of the conversations that I'm happy to get involved in for whoever is needing that kind of help. I'm doing the same for myself as well, because right now I work in financial services, but I have, I've also got my own business interests. I've got young kids and I want to see them more than I see them when I'm working. 
So I'm trying to figure out new ways to um, live this life and to make it even better than it is right now. Um, so that's kind of what I wanted to say. Just, um, I think those are three things. So first of all, look forward, have hope and have an expectation. A good one, preferably a big one, if you can. The bigger, the better, you know? Um, and then the second thing is know where you are, you know, just exactly clarify how much you have coming in, going out, um, and what your options are. And then the third thing is create a 90-day plan, um, you know, and with that plan, try and um, put certain milestones along the way. So maybe you could say, you know what, I've got um, some expenses that I have that I feel are maybe luxury right now. Let me try and work on getting rid of some of those. You know, a big one is men love sports. A lot of men have these sports channels that they pay for that maybe they watch one out of 10. So you kind of think, okay, should I really be watching that much sport anyway? You know, maybe I should be playing it with my kids, not watching it on TV. So things like that. So if you have a target to say, okay, I'm gonna try and deal with some things like that. Now, sports is a touchy thing and I don't wanna offend anyone. Uh, well, <laughs> but it's, it's just an example, right? Yeah. Uh, and then the, the, the bonus point there is open your mind, open your mind. Someone said that the mind, and this is a beautiful quote, but I think it's, it's, it's on point. The mind is like a parachute. It works best when it's open. If you don't open your parachute, you're gonna sink down, break a few bones before you hit the ground. So that have an open mind about ideas, about um, solutions. Now that's not to say go and do every silly thing that you get told, but you know at least consider it and look at the the, the bonuses and and why it could work, not why it won't work. Um, that that's my advice, and that's what I'm doing. Awesome. I've got a question for you, if you don't mind. Sure, go for it. So just a quick, because we don't have much time, I want to give you a quick context where I come from. Mm -hmm. So I come from Poland, from a working class family, uh, low income, um, mm -hmm. and, I, and I came to Scotland 10 years ago. And now um, uh, I'm actually what I hear from you. It's uh, it's very relatable, and uh, I'm I'm really impressed about the story with your wife. I'm yeah. I'm in a relationship uh, for a year now with a girl that uh, is much better with money than me, mm -hmm. and uh, I learned from her. And yeah. uh, it's actually a, an amazing experience to. Um, to really share the thoughts about money and how and, and open up and actually see that things can be done differently. Yeah. Uh, especially because my parents or school or the, the place where I come from, they don't teach you about money. Yeah. And, and even though she's also coming from like a, a low income family, she has a completely different uh, style and approach. Mm -hmm. So what is happening is that we get to talk it through uh, and make things right compared to like, maybe there are a lot of couples or marriages that they struggle because they don't talk about it. Um, so I, I totally love your, your, um, your points, like have big expectations and I do have big expectation, expectations. So despite the fact that I come from the low income, I want to take my income high. Yeah. Um, 
and I know where I am because yeah. over the past, uh, you know, couple, maybe three years, I've been looking uh, regularly into my expenses and my income. And mm-hmm. um, I know for a fact that just writing it down and having an idea what's going where it makes all the difference. Yeah. Um, just writing it down, seriously, like I've, I've done this several times where I would write down everything I'm spending money on. And for example, I would find out that I'm spending 100 pounds per month on coffee, on like in coffee shops. And I'm thinking, is it uh, nice to have or is it a, necess- a necessity? And can I lower that? And like, for me, it might be a very, like way too much, like 100 pounds on a coffee per month. Come on, you can, you yeah. can do better with this money. Um, so I'm I'm definitely gonna gonna try the 90 day plan to to improve things. Um, kind of like follow your advice. But there's yeah. a thing that I've been struggling for years. And for example, my girlfriend doesn't have that problem because of her approach. She's got lots of savings, and yeah. she's been always ready for the rainy day. And she never borrowed money in her life. I yeah. come from a from a family which. Um, Lend, uh, borrowing money from someone uh, was on everyday basis. My mom used to work in a uh, in a pawn shop, yeah, and, and she would lend money to people through her uh, job, right? Uh, which was a common thing, yeah. Uh, and to me, I grew up around this, and I learned the best way to solve a problem is to borrow some more money, yeah. and it developed in a, in a big problem and a huge debt for me. that I'm completely aware. And since I had to, I was starting a business over the past two years, I've been starting up uh, on my own. I've I've borrowed a lot of money for myself. It's over 10,000 pounds. And obviously not having um, education or any um, knowledge about finance and money in general can create a lot of burden when when you borrow a lot of money. Yeah. And especially when you have this habit, which is whenever I get into a problem, I just borrow some more, just borrow some more. So my question is, if you worked with people who had problems with debt um, and this chronic, uh, you know, kind of desire to borrow more, get more, solve every problem with borrowing more, do yeah. you see any solutions for that kind of, like to solve this, this problem, to find a cure for this behavior? Because it's a habit. It's yeah. a habit of what am I going to do? I'm just going to go and borrow money. I cannot borrow from the banks. I'm going to borrow from friends. I'm going to borrow from my family. I'm going to borrow from wherever just to plug the hole. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a, that's a valid point. And like you've said, it's about background. And yes, you look at it as a habit, but it's a way of life for you. So yeah, um, that's okay to be like that, okay? What I would do is, again, if we go back to the basics, just like you've done with your income and expense, you can do a similar situation, uh, similar exercise with your borrowings, okay? And you can list, you know, just write down, first of all, you, you already know the debt you have, okay? Yeah, yeah. But in terms of um, looking forward, you can list, um, just a second, you can make a list of, all the people who tend to help you with with financial services, okay? And right along each of them, you could say, this is the 
benefits of having this uh, relationship with this person and this is the uh, disadvantage okay so obviously for people like banks and financial services whatever you borrow you're going to pay a cost for it okay so it's very easy you're going to say okay i'm borrowing 100 pounds i need to do this am i going to earn anything from it no but i'm going to flip that uh, i'll pay 10 percent interest so in actual sense uh, I need to justify whether that's a worthy spend, that 10%, not the 100 pounds, because that's not yours. But you're, you're spending 10 quid, so that's going to go into your expenses. And then you say, okay, is this a need to have or just nice to have? Okay. And then for the other people that are not necessarily going to charge you interest, there's a relationship cost. You know, people will start to avoid you, um, you know, not take your calls, or in some instances, you know, talk behind your back. They may smile at you, but, and then you're thinking, do I really want to have this kind of relationship? Okay, so that's kind of the way you'll deal with the one going forward, I think, as a starting point, okay? The second thing, which is also similar, but maybe a bit more proactive, is just as you're innovative around the borrowing, you could be just as creative around um, income generation. So you've said your, your, your significant other is very good at saving. It looks to me like you, your, yours is the earning of the income, right? Yes. Now, even though you've got all these nice ideas and you're funding them by um, debt, you could figure out a way to fund them through um, a source of income, you know, a revenue stream. And there's loads and loads and loads. And, you know, that conversation is, is quite long. But that's another thing you could do going forward um, and then for the ones that you already have in place um, there's many ways you could deal with it but one thing that's very very helpful that works i don't know if you've heard of a guy called dave ramsey but he talks about i've heard his book money makeover total money yeah. makeover so he yes. talks about this um debt snowballing um technique uh, is really yes. powerful that's yeah. very, very powerful. So that's something that I would, I would definitely do. Here, what, how you would approach it is maybe if you're going to be borrowing from banks, you could consolidate all your debt onto one interest-free card. We, we're, we're lucky that we get interest-free cards here. And you know they tend to give you a long period, depending on when. The market is a bit hazy now, but once it opens up, there'll be opportunities. They may still be there. For you to get a card where you can put all your debt on um, and then you have a certain period where it's interest free and then you know as you're dealing with that on a you know so that's you stopping whatever you're borrowing and you're dealing with this pro proactively say so give yourself three months and say in three months time i'm gonna go halfway down this debt because you can't cover it in in, in all of that period but at least you can cover a, a percentage of it and then as you're covering it, you're thinking, okay, so what could I do that would bring me this revenue so that I don't need to go and borrow it at a cost? And, and it's a journey, it's not gonna happen overnight, but if you open your mind to it, um, just as you kind of come, you open your mind to who, who is gonna lend you the next time, you can open your mind to what idea can I come up with? And you know, I kid you not, you'll come up with a couple of ideas and some of them are really going to be good. You know, at least one out of three, two is going to be the killer. 
and to take you out of it. And awesome. we're gonna have to have thank you back I here. Hope that, I hope that answers you. It does, it does. Yeah. Good. Thank you. We're gonna have to uh, bring you back, Godwin, to address <laughs> just that money makeover approach of yeah. income generation revenue streams, because I think that's a really big one. And then debt, um, yeah. coming out of debt and how to manage all of that, especially given the circumstances. Um, yeah, didn't get a chance to talk much about that, but yeah, that's a, that's a good. Well, there's so much to cover, and yeah. um, you've just kind of you know covered just a bit of the surface of what. Uh, the impact of money and finances have yeah. on our lives um, on a daily basis, personally or professionally. So thank you, um, Godwin, for, for accepting to be our, our guest speaker. And, um, and maybe we could um, offer um, uh, an opportunity for this to continue on a more regular basis, and maybe even a 90-day program for the men to learn how to look at their finances, be it from a um, revenue generation perspective or a revenue management perspective. Um, and and uh, we'll, be in the, we'll be talking to each other and seeing if we could do that. Um, we will be posting a money mindset quiz in the description of uh, the video. So check out, for, uh, check out that and fill it out and, and give us your feedback, come to the to the Genuine Men's chat Facebook group. Um, if you haven't joined, join the Genuine Men's Facebook group and um, have these discussions with other men in the groups um, and pay attention to all that's coming up in the next few months. Um, we've got uh, an amazing uh, host of uh, guest speakers and our men that are gonna be participating. Thank you, Alan, for your question and for your participation and showing up um, to this amazing opportunity to, to free our minds and free our pockets um, of the um, imprisonment that money and, and finances could cause on us if we perceive it in the wrong way. Um, till then, our motto is uh, many men, many conversations. Have you taken your seat at the table? Thank you. Thanks, Rio.